Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back. I'm Ben. And I'm Nicole. And you're listening to Wicked and Grim. A true crime podcast. Warning. Ready for this? Ready for what? I'm about to crack open a drink. Crack it. Do I'm going to see if we can hear it on the podcast. Ready? Yep. <laughs> that was very anticlimactic. I'm actually really bad at opening cans. Yeah, you are. Why? I don't know. It's like hard. What about it is hard? Like what's difficult? Getting, like your, getting my finger under the... Uh, underneath the tab? Is that... Yeah, the tab. I'm like, what is that even called? It's a tab. Yeah, I need a I need a drink. It's been a day. It's been a day. It's been a day. What kind of day? Like busy AF, like being uh, an adult's shit kind of day. Well then, yeah, a drink is good. I'm drinking water, so you're being responsible. Well, it's not that I'm being responsible. Is if I have a whiskey or a beer sitting here, I can't drink it whenever I'm presenting a case because I'm always talking. I know. And when I'm like trying to drink and talk at the same, it's just a disaster. So I've got water that I can sip on whenever I get cotton mouth and hit my mic with it. <laughs> No winning here. No winning at all. No, not at all. Yeah. Well, I hope everyone else has grabbed their drinks. Yeah. You know? Sit back, chill with us, have a drink, have a good time, listen to some some horror stories of gruesome death. Yeah, there's just, shitty people. just some shit. Listen to some shit in a good way. <laughs> That's quite the vibe. Drinks and shitty situations and murder. <laughs> yeah. People actually, we get messages often though where people are like, say that listening to us is just like chilling with friends and having a brewski or whatever which is really cool i'm I love totally it. cool with that i love that so do i it's a good vibe i really like it yeah so so come have a drink with us friends we're like i don't know we're like mr dress up or like um mr rogers but the alcoholic versions with murder and a bit more exciting i feel like they're pretty exciting what are you talking about mr dress up had his tickle trunk that's exciting. Okay, it's been a while. Yeah, Mr. Tree. Okay, I don't remember stuff like no. as well as you do. <laughs> yeah, Chester the Crow. Chester was a cool dude. I feel like I remember liking Mr. Dressup, though. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Good times, good times. Anyway. <laughs> Let's sh shall we move times. on? <laughs> Let's move on. Let's, to what, though? Move on. Should we get right into the case, or are we going to talk about anything else? I don't know. I have absolutely no idea anything about what's going on today. Oh, yeah. You don't because I didn't tell you shit. You told me jack all. Well, everyone else is going to know if they checked out Instagram because as soon as we drop an episode, we always drop the little info thing mm -hmm. on Instagram with a photo and everything. Um, this is being recorded before that. And the only thing you know is the image I dropped the other day, yeah. which was like, what, yesterday or the day before? I literally know 
what everyone else knows. So thank you. Well, no, because right now they're listening and they know more. You're actually listening prior to them listening, oh, okay. so you know less. So I got a whole whatever amount of hours before? Pretty much. Because <laughs> we're recording this like the day before. We oh, stop man. Doing that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Were you... We, we tend to be okay sometimes, but like life's just a little busy right now. So, yeah. so we are recording this. It's supposed to be posted in what? Three hours? Three hours. Three hours before it's supposed to be posted. You know nothing of the case. Uh, you're starting like literally knowing that a girl wants to go back to land and that's all you've got. But I was just going to say, we're still getting it done. Oh yeah, we are. We're getting it done. Yeah. We're not holding this off. So we're there not we go. pushing it off a day. Although there might come a time because we're pushing it off later and later <laughs> i know i said that earlier i was like uh can it get much later than this but, but we're, we're getting it done last week i was actually real good yeah i was like ready ahead of time for you like were. the first time in my life this is i've pushed this like really late yeah you, you made the record now so we'll see if either one of us can i'm gonna break the record next episode <laughs> I'm talking like uploading at midnight, not <laughs> scheduling that upload, just boom. Just, just hit and upload. Yeah. Oh, okay, let's not do that. No? You don't think so? Anyway, I'm ready. I'm ready to sit my drink and be entertained here. So let's, oh, you're going to be entertained. Let's go. We're going to talk a story that's um, entertaining to us, but definitely not entertaining to Terry Joe Duperalt, who is Ooh. our, I don't want to say star, but she's definitely who we're going to talk about and her point of view. Okay. You ready for this? I am ready. So, it was 1961, and a gentleman by the name of, this is a Greek name, so I'm going to try and say it properly, but I'm going to butcher it. So, it's Nicholas Spachadakis, I think is how you say his last name. Nicholas Spachadakis. Nicholas. It was Nicholas. Okay. (laughs) So, in 1961, Nicholas was a second officer of the Greek freighter Captain Theo. He had been scanning the waters of the Northwest Province Channel, a strait of water through the islands of the Bahamas, when something caught his eye. Between thousands of tiny flashes of white caps out in the ocean, there was one speck that wasn't flashing like the rest. Hmm. Now, a white cap, just so everyone... I'm going to give you a recap on a white cap. (laughs) Okay. And I'm going to drop some bars at the same time because I rhyme every time. I'm a poet and I didn't know it. Okay, I'm going to stop that now. (laughs) Um, So a white cap is the tip of a wave. It's the turbulent water that turns white as it Mm -hmm. crashes. And then it settles quickly back into the water as it flows into a continual wave and goes again. Yeah. It's a very calming effect. Very much so. Mm -hmm. Except that white cap is the non-calming effect. It's the turbulent part of the calm. Right. So, So this... White speck wasn't doing that. It was steady. It was not settling back into the ocean. It was just there. Okay. What is it? Among hundreds of other boats in this channel, Nicholas focused in on this single dot and realized it was too large to be a piece of debris and too small to be another boat. So? Is it a body? Well, you're going to find out, aren't you? (laughs) I thought you were going to just tell me right away and no, you didn't know. No, how would I do that? <laughs> so he alerted the captain and they decided they would put the freighter on a course towards the speck. As they grew closer, they were shocked to discover a little blonde haired girl floating by herself in a small inflatable lifeboat. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I actually, like alive. Well, we'll get there. I didn't expect that. Okay. In the little boat. One of the crew members took a picture of her 
sitting. So yes, she's alive. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I thought I might've had it a little farther down. I was building suspense, <laughs> but no, she's alive. One of the crew members took a picture of her sitting on the side of the life raft and life raft was about two and a half feet by five feet long. So it's pretty small. Mm -hmm. And she's looking up the vessel, up to the vessel that just saved her life. Um, this image like, is a major iconic image now. It's made headlines worldwide when this first occurred, um, including a front page on Life magazine. Are you going to share the image? Oh, yeah. That's what's going on up oh, on Instagram. Oh, sweet. Okay. I can't wait to see it. So the captain quickly called out orders to stop the engines, you know, and put a small raft overboard to rescue the little girl. And the men quickly lashed together some empty oil drums together as a raft because their lifeboats were too large, right? Like if they were to get overboard, it was just going to be too clumsy, take too long, you know, that sort of thing. So they quickly lashed some oil barrels, barrels together, and there we go. Okay. So I got to her quickly, and it's not known exactly why. I couldn't find any facts on this, but the captain shouted for them to hurry at one point. And it's believed because he saw sharks in the water. Ugh. Believed I couldn't find facts. That's terrifying. Yeah. That's why I'm like actually a little sketched out by the ocean, but keep going. Well, there's there's some crazy shit there's out there. There's a lot of things in there. And so like if it was sharks, like, I mean, could be attracted by the commotion, her legs in the water maybe. And she was in pretty rough shape. Like her skin was obviously raw from the sunburn and Aww. the salt water. And there's a real possibility of her blood being in the water and attracting sharks. So it's not like this is like, oh my God, sharks. It's like, no, this is like a potential of a real possibility. Right. Yeah. So a crew member quickly made the oil barrel raft over to her and lifted the girl aboard. She fell limp onto the deck of the vessel immediately. Her lips were puffy. Skin was sunburnt and raw, like I said. She was severely dehydrated, had sunken in cheeks, and bleached hair almost white by the tropical sun. Wow, the She poor was in thing. rough shape. Did you see how old she is? Uh, I don't think I did yet. She's about 11 years old. Oh, my word. Poor thing. Yeah. That's terrifying. I want to know what happened here. Well, we're, we're getting into it, so just, just settle down a bit. <laughs> we got this. We, just, just go with the flow Just here. listen and drink yeah. my drink. Exactly. <laughs> So a crew member tried to help her stand, but her legs buckled. The captain tried to get her to talk, but she was unresponsive. He kept coaxing her, trying to get information from her. And eventually he did get some information from her. He was asking about family and she gave a thumbs down. And hmm. then she uttered her name, Terry Joe Duperold, and the words Bluebell. And they quickly found out that was the name of the vessel that she was aboard. Oh, okay. So yeah, she's... Been out there for a while. She's in rough shape. They immediately evac her by air yeah. to land, right? So she was quickly quickly evacuated to the hospital. Um, hold on. I lost my spot here. Do, 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 <laughs> so that's do, making do, it worse. Do, do. <laughs> okay. So she, she was quickly evacuated um, by air to hospital. And even though all we know is that she's a girl lost at sea. The Coast Guard had already found another person three days earlier who was at sea. A 44-year-old man by the name of Julian Harvey. He was rescued in a life raft alongside the body of seven-year-old Renee was the little sister of Terry. He was also aboard the same vessel. What the, the heck is going on here? Hey, okay. Again, calm down. We're going to get into it. Well, what the? Huh. He told investigators that a small sudden storm brought down the Bluebell's masts. In the Bluebell, the boat was about a 60-foot 
two-mast sailboat. So he said that it brought down the masts and it ruptured the hull and the gas tanks began to leak and started a fire. Most of the crew on board, being Terry's family, mm-hmm. uh, were trapped inside the cabin underneath the mast's collapse. Oh, no. Eek. So he said the boat went down and sank. Everyone on board was lost at sea, except for him. And he made his escape. As he was making his escape, he found Renee floating in the water and tried to revive her, but was unsuccessful. And an autopsy later showed that Renee did, in fact, die of drowning. Okay. So he was... I'm not too sure how to say this without telling too much yet, but he was... um, discussing his story with coast guards and everything like that Mm -hmm. and literally like right at the end of this like it's very like cinematic like that dramatic moment where like the loose ends are all wrapping up sort of thing and someone bursts in the door almost like at a wedding like does anyone object to this then someone comes in i object like (laughs) that sort of thing like right at the end of him like talking with these these people someone bursts into the the conference room that they're in and was like we found another survivor Terry's alive so okay so he he didn't even know he didn't that know Terry was as far as a... he knew he was the only survivor oh, okay and and then Terry's sister but she had died already yes she okay. had drowned okay so he'd stammered like oh my god when he heard the news mm-hmm. um he exclaimed like that's that's wonderful like this is wonderful news this little girl just survived right yeah however the next day Julian Harvey was found in his hotel room dead he had committed suicide by cutting his thighs, ankles, and throat with a oh, razor. Oh, oh, gross. That gave me instant shivers. Meanwhile, over the course of the next 11 days, Terry Joe made a full recovery in hospital. Huh. So what do you think's going down? I'm going to kind of stop there and see if you got any speculations going on. Well, because I, n- I never catch on, though. Like, there's not even, like, big hints you've given, and I'm just like... Da-da-da. Oh, so you've caught on that they're big hints then. Yeah, well, not until after the real thing comes out. <laughs> oh, okay, I thought you were saying you already heard big hints in the story. No, I okay. feel like I have absolutely no idea what's going on. Well, what exactly happened on board the Bluebell, like, we don't exactly know. But through Terry's accounts and the work of investigators, we do have a story put together on what is believed to have happened. And it's... It's, as far as we can say, pretty accurate because Terry was there, mm-hmm. but she didn't witness everything, right? So Okay. So Terry's, this this goes back a little bit here. Terry's father, Arthur Duperold, always dreamed of taking his family out on the open sea for an adventure. He was an optometrist and spent several years saying, saving up his hard-earned income to take his family out on sea to explore exotic islands. By 1961, he saved up enough to take his family out on the vacation they deserved. Nice. Right? We all dream of that. Yeah. Get away from the the nine to five. The hustle and bustle. Right. So the family was originally from Green Bay, Wisconsin, which which certainly isn't like a warm, exotic place by any means. I have no idea. Uh, Think that 70s show. They're out in Wisconsin. Oh, okay. Okay. And they're always like bundled up and stuff, Mm -hmm. right? I like how that's... Flannels. Yeah. They're wearing flannels lots. I like how that's my reference for that geograph- that geographical <laughs> <I know>. area. <laughs> Wisconsin, I thought that, that in my head, but I'll just let them go. <laughs> okay. So, like, literally, like, 
like every other family out there, they're like, yeah, we want to go travel somewhere exotic, get away somewhere warm, relax, have an mm-hmm. adventure, right? That sounds awesome. I want to do that. Can oh, we do that? I would do anything to do that right now. <laughs> so the rest of the family, well, I mean, COVID's going to hold us back for well, a while, exactly. but the sounds of it. Yeah, exactly. So the rest of the family was made up of Terry's mother, Jean Duperalt, her brother, Brian, who was 14 years old, and her sister, Renee, who was seven years old. Mm-hmm. Their destination was the Bahamas. They wanted to reach, well, I just like brain farted on that sentence. They wanted <laughs> they wanted to reach the islands of the Bahamas uh, in a nice ship. So they wanted to sail that whole way. Uh, awesome. So I they, love that. Right? It's like just like Pirates of the Caribbean, just like mm-hmm. an epic adventure. Yeah. So they made their way from Green Bay, Wisconsin to Fort Lauderdale, Florida, where they met up with Julian Harvey, who was an old friend of Arthur and his wife, Danae. Uh, who joined them for the cruise. She was going to be like the the cook and everything. And Julian Harvey was going to be the skipper of the vessel. Uh, skipper is an informal term for captain. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. I had to Google that. I didn't. I had no idea either. Yeah. You're not alone. So we know now. Uh, so he was going to skipper the vessel. Uh, and that vessel that they rented was the Bluebell. Okay. So... He would sail the ship, and he had many years of experience, experience sailing. Uh, Julian was a World War II veteran who who seemed trustworthy in his history and everything, and he was very well-versed at sea. So it was some like the perfect person to turn to. Mm-hmm. So on November 8th, 1961, they set sail for the Bahamas from Fort Lauderdale. I have a question. Sorry. Hit me up. Is this... This is the friends of the father? Sorry? I think I might have missed that. Yes. It's not like... Um, they know each other really well, but it's like, hey, I know this guy. And you he know. had needs for a cook and a captain and yeah. it worked out. Okay. Yeah. Okay. He's like, we need someone to be to, to take us there in a, in a ship. We don't know how to sail. And he's like, oh, great. I can do that. You know, and my wife, you know, she can, she can cook. So you guys can hmm. have your little adventure and great holiday. There you go. So boom. I feel like that's probably not what they should have done, but there you go. Well, we're about to find out because <laughs> during the voyage on the evening of November 12th, Danae, Julian's wife, was preparing dinner, uh, chicken cacciatore, in fact, mm. which was the last meal ever served on the Bluebell. Oh, boy. Around 9 p.m., Terry Joe headed below deck to her sleeping quarters, which was a small little cabin located at the back of the boat. And ordinarily, um, her sister, Renee, uh, would sleep there with her in the bunk. Uh, but that night, her younger sister remained with her parents and brother on deck um, in the cockpit. Okay. Couldn't find out why, but that's that's what happened. Okay. So, in the middle of the night, Terry Joe was startled awake by her brother yelling, Help! Daddy, help! Oh, no! Yeah, this is where shit, shit this goes This is where south. it goes... Oh, no. You don't want to hear that, eh? See, no. that's terrifying. You don't want to... <sighs> Ah, being stuck in the middle of the ocean and needing help. Is... There's nowhere to run. Yeah, it's, oh. You you can't run. There's nothing you can do. See, so many people vacation on, like, cruise ships. Like, and I'm talking, like, pre-COVID and stuff, but I don't actually think that even interests me remotely. Yeah, not so much for me. But then again, we're like, we go out camping in the middle of, like, northern, well, not northern Canadian, but, like, central northern Canadian forests where there's bears roaming around. Oh, I would like... choose that any day. But if you if something goes wrong, just say it for the same sake. Say there's some that's true mass incident that happens or occurs. You're kind of stuck to. Yeah, you, what are you gonna do? Run into the trees? Well, into your trailer or your vehicle. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, that's not much different than staying aboard the boat. I don't know. 
Anyways, so she heard those screams uh, and she also briefly heard running and stamping noises and then silence. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Shit. She laid in her bed terrified, and after about five minutes, she quietly made her way out of the cabin. Good for her to get up and go check it out. Yeah, and just so you guys know, because we don't do this every episode, but whenever I can, I, I try and the, name a badass yeah, of the day. I Terry Joe is, is she? She's one hundred percent our badass of the day here. Well, being that little and actually getting out of bed—that's impressive yeah. alone. <laughs> she goes through a lot. <laughs> So when she exited her cabin, she saw her mother and brother lying in a pool of blood Ugh. in the main cabin next to hers, and instantly she knew they were dead. Oh my gosh. She kept going, though. Slowly, wow. Terry Joe climbed the stairs and peeked out of the hatch. She saw more blood, and as she climbed her way out of the stairs onto the deck, she was met with Captain Julian Harvey who shoved her back down the stairs and shouted, get back down there. Ugh. Frig. So I think you can kind of see where this is going a little bit. But trust me, you still don't know what actually happens. Well, it already sounds like hell on earth. Oh, yeah. Or hell at sea, I guess. Hell at sea. Oh, oh, maybe we should name that episode this hell at sea. Hell at sea. <sighs> I don't know. I don't. That might get flagged. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> I still I I don't even know if I've thought about a title for this episode yet. We'll figure that out. Let's keep going with the story for now. <laughs> okay, not knowing what else to do, Terry Joe avoided looking at her mom and brother as oh, she walked past thing. and crawled back into her bunk in her cabin alone. Good lord. She wasn't there long before she heard the sound of water sloshing around, and her cabin slowly began to fill up with said water. The frig! She realized the ship was sinking, but she was too afraid she didn't move. Because this asshole told her to go, oh. Oh, just wait. Because mm. the next thing she saw, Julian, the captain, was standing in her doorway, and he had something in his hand. To kill her, to finish her off, probably. But just as quickly as he appeared, he turned around and disappeared up the stairs again. So okay. once again, she's left sitting there in her bed. This guy's a weirdo. But again, by now the water's starting to flow up. Mm -hmm. And she's got water coming over the top of her bed. She has to move. She oh, can't stay no. there. Oh, the friggin' tear that she must have. So wading through the water, waist deep through her room, she climbed the stairs back to the top deck again. And when she reached the top deck, she shouted, is the ship sinking? Julian from right behind her, responded yes. <clears throat> he shoved a rope into her hands and said, hold this. But through the fear and the coldness with all the water and the night, it's, I mean, yeah, you're in tropic areas, but you're in the middle of the ocean. It's cold. Mm -hmm. She lost her grip and dropped the rope. 
She realized quickly that the rope was connected to the to a raft at the other end. And now that she dropped the rope, that raft was drifting away. Julian quickly dove in the water and swam after the raft into the darkness, leaving her on the ship, sinking alone. Imagine being 11 years old, seeing your family butchered on a sinking ship in the middle of the ocean. Middle of nowhere. That is just like the worst thing ever. Thankfully, Terry is a quick thinker. She remembered her dad showing her another life raft that was lashed to the side of the ship. She's smart, hey? She is. She immediately ran over, and thankfully it wasn't underwater yet. She immediately ran over and began untying it. And she managed to get it untied just in time because her feet were no longer supporting her. Underneath her, the ship was sinking that fast. Oh my goodness, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. as she got it untied. Go, Terry, go. So she climbed onto this little floaty dinghy raft thing that is, like I said, it's like two and a half feet by five feet long. Yeah. Um, And the ship was sinking underneath her. It was gone. Holy frig, and her family's all on there. But as it was sinking beneath her, a line on the raft caught the boat, and she and the raft were pulled under for a moment. And by some fucking miracle... It just let go and her and the raft popped back up to the surface. Thank God. Okay, I was like, how could this get any worse? But it did. It I just know, does. Like, literally everything just keeps fucking happening. Holy frick. That's actually a miracle. Yeah. So now she's left there alone. No boat, no family, no nothing. And I'm assuming her dad's just like dead on the boat. Because she didn't see him, right? Yes. Okay. Bang. So she immediately like huddled low in this little raft, like afraid that the captain might be coming back for her or something. Yeah. And she's just left there in the dark. She has no water, no food in the middle of the ocean. And the fact that it's nighttime, I feel like makes it just like even more nightmarish. Oh, yeah. (gasps) It's actually uh, a little bit worse than you even think because the raft she was on, it wasn't meant for like prolonged use. So it was like, it was like this like, the best way to describe it is it's like this ring of flotation, right? Mm-hmm. And then in the middle, it's just like a net. So she's literally sitting in the water. Seriously? Yeah. <sighs> ah. And it it wasn't meant for prolonged use. It was just meant to get to safety real quick. Yeah. Which means it was also deteriorating very fast. So over the next 84 hours that she spent alone in the ocean... This raft was slowly falling apart. Okay, that is just too much. It was That's almost like, four days. Yeah, I was going to say. Yep. Three and a half days or whatever. Holy frig. So through the night, through the beating hot sun, oh. which was approximately around that time, 85 degrees Fahrenheit, which is about 30 degrees Celsius, uh, she just sat there drifting. Holy crap. Well, she's fearing that this raft is just going to like, be done yep so throughout her waiting and drifting uh the sun's beating on her she's getting sunburnt mm-hmm. i mean salt water she's just getting rubbed raw parrotfish would actually frequently come up and bite at her as well giving her scratches and bite marks and everything making it all the worse mm-hmm. i don't even know what that is uh it's like a tropical fish it's like i don't know they're about the size of a cat or small Seriously. dog. Yeah. 
See, that sounds horrible. And to I me. looked him up. It, they've almost got like this like beak like teeth. So I'm pretty sure it, like it would hurt. It would pinch pretty good. Oh, gosh. Yeah. On day two, a small red plane actually circled overhead and she watched it and waved for it. And the plane eventually actually passed directly over her, but the pilots never saw her. Really? Yep. Apparently, it was actually close enough that she could read the the labels on the side of the plane. Mm-hmm. But the angle that it was at, pilots couldn't see her. Dang. Because she was like right underneath it and they just they couldn't see her. So you watch movies and stuff where people almost get saved and it's just like they're probably just so hopeful and yep. then it just passes by. Hope. And like I said at the very beginning, she's this white speck in the ocean, right? Mm-hmm. Just mixed in with thousands of other white specks just yeah, like this. Yeah, very hard to really tell. Oh, yeah. The only reason that she was spotted originally was because that speck didn't flash like the rest. Which is amazing, actually, of those people. Oh, yeah. Because lots of people would probably just be like, eh, whatever. Yeah. So through the glare of the sun causing her eyes severe pain, like the glare off the water, mm-hmm. she's got severe pain in her eyes, her muscles ached, her skin burnt through her blouse and her pants she was burning, her lips were rough, swollen, her tongue was swollen. <sighs> through all this, though, she said she was never thirsty or hungry. Really? I don't know how. Just adrenaline or something. Just powering through. Yep. And since the bottom of this thing was just this mesh that was falling apart, uh, for the most time, she actually balanced balanced on the edge of the raft as much as she could. She <sighs> even began to actually hallucinate uh, multiple times. And she, at one point, she saw a, a, des- a deserted island and she tried to paddle towards it, but it just oh. disappeared. Oh, no. Oh, no. There was, however, I think it was on day three, she saw large dark shadows in the water beneath her. Okay, I'm kind of done with this story. This is just too much. I'm already afraid of the ocean, but okay. And it turned out to be orca whales. Okay, I thought it was going to be like sharks. Which, which orcas are very dangerous, first of all. Right, they are too, aren't they? But I uh, guess she said she felt very calmed by them, and they just kind of hung around her for hours. They just kind of kept her company almost so she almost felt like that was like i don't know a good thing a good like they almost could have been like protecting her from something yeah they could have been who knows huh so eventually though she did fall unconscious and the next time she would wake up she'd be confronted by a huge shadowy wall and as she looked up to the top she would see people she could faintly hear voices and shouting and she was finally saved After 84 hours in the ocean. Oh, good for her. I don't know if I would have been able to last that long. That's impressive. Yeah, it's, I, I, no, I would be done. Yeah, that is amazing. So like I said, she did make a full recovery and she has written a book, which I'll put a link down in the description down below. It did take her a while to be able to come up with this because like back then, a lot of it was like, hey, just suppress whatever you're feeling don't talk about shit so she did eventually start talking about things um and she has come up with this book like i said link down below i haven't read it yet i want to read it i wish i left myself enough time to read it before doing Mm -hmm. this episode but so that's her point of view Hmm. now what the investigators discovered is a little not different but it's a lot more on why this happened and what had happened while she was not watching sort of thing Mm -hmm. between the adults or whatever yes so investigators were already suspicious of julian before he ended his life like i said he was in that conference room 
when he learned of Terry Joe being alive, right? Okay. They were interrogating him. They were asking him questions. The way the ship sunk didn't make sense because he said it was this sudden storm that blew over the masts. A sudden small storm wasn't recorded as far as they knew. Um, the mass wouldn't have taken out the ship the way it was. Just a lot of things weren't making sense, especially oh, okay. from someone in an experienced position like oh, he was. okay. Yeah. Not only that, in his life raft, he had flares, but he never used them. And he was asked why he never used the flares. And he's like, oh, it was in the bottom of the safety kit. I just never thought of it. An experienced <laughs> World War II veteran, experienced to see, like, really? Well, and you got some time on your hands. I think you'd be looking through that boat. Yeah. And when they searched the wreckage area, they never found the boat or anything like that. As far as I can tell, I don't think the bluebells ever been found to this day. I, I literally like Googled hours on that. I could not find an ounce of it being found. Interesting. So. See, it, that's another thing that freaks me out is, is all these like shipwrecks and stuff and they try to find it. And so yeah. it's like, ah. I'm sure that they, they've probably by now got like radar of we're pretty sure that's it down there, you know? Yeah, you'd think, hey. So. Anyways, they were extremely suspicious of him, mm -hmm. um, especially when they were like getting into a little bit more of his history. And some of his history that we're going to talk about right now um, is he's been a part of a few other questionable boating accidents. Really? Yes. He, where he'd actually made away with quite, uh, quite a bit of insurance money. Oh, this asshole. Hey? Oh, yeah. Oh, it's getting worse here. Hold on. As well as a car accident where a past wife and mother-in-law had actually died and he made away with quite the lump sum of insurance money again. <laughs> In fact, Danae, his wife, was Julian's sixth wife. Seriously? Yes. Hey? That's quite up. That's a quite <laughs> high up their number. Yeah. And I believe they were only married for about four or five months. I couldn't find an exact number. It was varying a bit, but they were only together like a short amount of time. Oh, okay. Um, and shortly before taking this voyage, Julian took a life insurance policy with Danae worth $20,000, which is approximately $200,000 by today's value. Of course he did. Yeah, right? So what investigators believed happened is they believed Julian planned to kill his wife out on the open ocean in the evening of the cruise. And then in the morning claim that there was an incident where she fell overboard and he wasn't able to save her and you know so on so forth the family's none the wiser he collects insurance money they move on everyone's happy however it didn't go that way what did happen they believe is that the duperalt family overheard him trying to commit the act and now caught and tried to save her yeah and now caught red-handed decided Every witness must go, and he's going to sink the evidence. Good Lord. Yep. This but dude. why he let Terry Joe live is still a bit of a question. Yeah, that's interesting, actually. But, I mean, I think he might have just thought she would have died. Well, that's what Terry um, says. She believes that he just thought she was going to go down with the ship and die, right? Mm -hmm. And clearly by his reaction, because like in that interrogation when he learned of it, it was not like a, he was happy. It was an obvious like taken aback. So clearly he did think she was dead, but why wouldn't he have just killed her? Because he stood in her doorway with something in her in his hand. Mm -hmm. He had an intent at that moment. I guarantee that's what he was standing there for. I feel like this little girl just had something 
watching over her or someone or something, hey? Because she went through hell and high water. Well, yeah. The fact that she lived all of this is just like a miracle. Yeah. It's incredible, really. Oh, it is. Huh. So that's the the story of the the Bluebell and Terry Joe Duperall. Wow. Okay, what an asshole that guy, too. Because, like, 101... Like, don't pull out an insurance money or policy before you're about to murder someone. Right. Like, are you dumb? Do it at least a year in advance. Oh, like, yeah. At least. Like, you got to plan this shit out a bit better. Time. Like, what a dumbass. Right. I feel like anyone would know that shit. Mm-hmm. But anyway. Okay. So is this, is she still alive? She is. Yeah. Wow. How old would she be now? You oh, probably don't know. Hey? I didn't look up her current age. Well, in 1961, she was She's 11. 11. So what is that by now? We already know standard? we're bad at math here. 70 something? I think she's, yeah, 74? Yeah. Or no, 72? I don't know. Somewhere in her 70s, early 70s. I don't want to math while I'm talking <laughs> and drinking water. That's too much to do. It's too hard. Huh. Wow. I really want to know more about her. I feel like I need to read this book or something. I want to read the book. There should be like a movie or something out about her, I'm about sh- this. I think there's a few movies based on the story, but I don't think that it's like exactly on the story. It's like loosely based on where yeah. they like take the idea of a murder at sea in a sinking boat and being lost. And that's about as connected as it gets, I think. I honestly think that would make like an incredible movie though. Yeah, definitely. Like super awesome. Yeah. I'd freaking go and see that. <laughs> well, someone get on it. Go make a movie. Do it. Nicole wants to see it. I do. By the time COVID's over, you might be able to go to theaters. Yeah, I guess you can't even go to movie theaters. I actually don't even know. I wasn't really a huge... No. Well, our movie theater is kind of gross. Our movie theater sucks. Yeah. Boy. If the owner of our movie theater is listening right now, <laughs> get your fucking shit together. Well, because I thought there would have been rentals or something during COVID, but no. I don't know if there is. No, I, I. He needs. Yeah. They need. He, she. They need competition. Yeah, we only have one movie theater in this small town, and it's they're just like, okay, we're the only ones, so we're not going to do anything for upkeep for thirty years. It's yeah, it's nasty. Yeah, there's probably like. I don't know. The next pandemic's going to be starting in that movie theater. It's that gross. I'm pretty sure that anyone who's attended that movie theater is actually like immune to COVID. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure the first time I went there, I put a piece of gum on the underside of one chair. And I'm pretty sure it's still there. It's probably still there. Oh, my word. Okay. Yeah. So, well, on that note. <laughs> make sure you guys stay wicked. Stay wicked. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.